In late 2018, I was sitting down with an engineer friend of mine. Let's call him John. And I was having a long conversation with him about electrical faults, how they happen, and what they can do to the flow of electricity on a local or national level. In case you're wondering, faults in a power system are bad. They can cut off power to literally millions of people in an instant. They do all the time. And during the course of this conversation, there were two things that struck me. The first was how much passion this electrical engineer had when he was talking about electricity. If you've never had a conversation about power with an electrical engineer, you have never lived. Let me put it this way. I know another engineer. He's a mechanical engineer and he told me a story from his college days. When he sat down to begin another semester of complex math equations, he looked at the classroom and surveyed his fellow nerds. Then his professor stood up and addressed the class. The soon-to-be engineer noticed the professor seemed tense, like he was expecting something painful. The professor looked at the class and asked them a simple question. He said, are there any electrical engineers in here? The room answered his question with dead silence. After a few moments, the professor's shoulders relaxed and a smile crept across his face. Then came the punchline. Phew, I guess that means we don't have any nerds in here this semester. The class erupted in laughter. You see, in an industry of math geniuses and big brains, electrical engineers are seen as the nerds. So when I was talking with John about electricity, I can honestly say this was the highest level conversation about power I'd ever had, even though I was lost for 75% of the conversation. The second thing that struck me about this conversation was actually a question he had asked me about the power grid itself. He said, do you know the biggest threat to our power grid? I made a couple of guesses, but I wasn't even close. When he told me the answer, it knocked my socks off. And I'm pretty sure that when this episode of Reason to Panic is over, you'll be looking for your socks as well. Welcome to Reason to Panic, the only podcast out there for the worried mind. We give you a new reason to panic each week, so you never have to worry about running out of reasons to panic. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show this week. We have a very special episode for you. I'm joined by one of the usual suspects, Eli Bowman, the guy that loves electricity only slightly less than he loves Donato's pizza. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm well. Thanks, Randall. My socks, I've, I've, I've uh, attached my socks. I put rubber bands around the, the ankle part of my socks so that they stay on. You may just want to stick a fork into a socket so you can glue your socks to your leg. <laughs> oh, man. Unfortunately, though, Tyler, uh, the man that only occasionally looks like he stuck a fork into an electrical outlet, has something come up at the last minute, so he won't be able to join us. But we do have another host today, a guest, and that's why today's episode is special. Our guest host today happens to be that nerdy electrical engineer I was speaking about, Um and the one I talked to in 2018, it's uh, it's my brother, John, who's a little more than a friend. How are you doing, John? Doing good. How are you guys doing today? <laughs> We're great. We're excited. That sounded fantastic. That was fantastic. I was thinking you could put uh, make some suspender socks. <laughs> yeah. I'll just hook your hook your socks. Suspendersocks.com. I'm going to go grab the domain real quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, man, thanks for coming on, John. For sure. I'm excited to be here and talk about this stuff. <laughs> 
for the record, Randall, I you mentioned that you know if you haven't sat down with an electrical engineer and had had a conversation about electrical engineering that you haven't yet lived. In college, one of my good when I was an undergrad, one of my good friends was in grad school and he was an electrical engineer. And I sat down with him right before he taught like the incoming freshman, and we had a conversation about electrical engineering. And that day, I mean, I left that building thinking to myself, I have finally lived. <laughs> so you're right. Yeah, you whatever. You were just completely confused and befuddled, I'm guessing. Super true, but I felt alive, you know? <laughs> I was very aware. I was very aware of my human condition and my frailty. Let's put it that way. Uh, that's how I feel anytime I talk to John about electricity. <laughs> By the way, I like how you said we'll call him John because it's John. <laughs> I caught that, by the way. That was great. So uh, when we bring a guest on, I normally we do like a bio, but this isn't fair. Like if I do a bio of my own brother, like I know stuff about John that John can't doesn't even remember because I'm very true. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to let you introduce yourself um, (laughs) because it's probably safer that way. (laughs) That just makes me think back to Christmas. Lauren was telling me things that uh, I do not remember, but apparently I did. So... I've liked hot things, uh, aka electricity and so forth, fire for a very long time, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I think it's your calling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what do you do? So I am. I started out with an internship with a local municipal or utility company. And from there, I have worked for several firms who are consulting firms who design protection and control for utility companies across the United States. So a lot of, on the physical aspect of that, we do protection for avian and for rodents and different or so forth. And so we do a lot of, there is a lot that goes behind trying to stop a lot of animals from, um, well, one, blowing stuff up and two, taking out power for a lot of people. So Mm. uh, I've really enjoyed that. I've um, currently in my master's program for power industry and renewable energies and currently working towards that. But, um, I've been in the, been in the power industry for about four years now, and it's been a great experience. Uh, currently we just moved out to, um, Knoxville, Tennessee, Mm -hmm. where uh, I'm currently working for a firm out here. I design for dominion energy, who is, um, energy for Virginia. So, that's who I are currently they, are they related to the Dominion voting software. Probably not. I don't know. <laughs> Do you have evidence of people picking up your power lines and like walking out with them? <laughs> Sorry, that's a bad bad political joke there. <laughs> um, John, I, I never, I really never. Well, first of all, I never considered um, the effect that 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 wildlife could have on our power grid. Really, not not really. I mean, I've thought about it, but I can't say I've dwelled on it. Sure. But you said something interesting. You said that a lot of work goes into preventing this. Um, and in my mind, all I can think of is like really fancy, well-engineered traps that <laughs> prevent these things <laughs> from getting to like where they can get really, where they can do a lot of damage. So like, what does it look like to, to, prevent these things from getting there? I mean, what, what are the, the usual, usual tools or the usual methods? Yeah. So one of them, uh, so we'll go with first off, um, wildlife actually is the second 
biggest cause for power outages across the world, and especially here in the United States. What? And the only thing that beats it are natural storms. You know, uh, you know, catastrophes of the earth is the only thing that beats wildlife in taking okay, out yeah. power systems. <laughs> Let me interrupt real quick. Sure. Wildlife are the second leading cause of power outages in the country. Yeah. In the country. Yes. Number two. Number two. Wow. So that means if you take out acts of God, like wildlife is our worst enemy. Yep. What? Yep. <laughs> wow. And so God's not our worst enemy. Wildlife's our worst enemy. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm and just... of wildlife, 30% wow. of all the wildlife that, you know, and it's a huge, huge scale of all the different types of animals that can interfere with uh, grid systems. But 30% of all of that wildlife is accounted for by squirrels. Oh, you know, when I was a kid, it's interesting you say that. When I was a kid, I was in the, uh, playing in the backyard with some friends, and one of the, one of my buddies, what we were we were like throwing the football or something like that, and one of the, one of my buddies just just sat there. Uh, he was we were throwing him the ball, and he just sat there and looked up into the sky, and the ball like just passed over his shoulder. We were like, "What are you doing? Uh, we're playing," and he said that he just saw a squirrel, like crawling across the power line. He saw a squirrel glow white and then basically explode. <laughs> and so of course we all looked it was over by then and we had we had heard a, a pop. Is that possible? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh my gosh, what a traumatic thing to see for a kid. You know, his adult life is really well explained now. <laughs> Yeah, um, it doesn't take much to uh, cause a, a short circuit or a, a different path for power to flow. And uh, those squirrels, you either find a charred remained or nothing. So, Wow. I'm crying. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't believe them at first. And then we kind of asked around. Of course, this was in the 90s when you know the internet wasn't exactly what it is today. We kind of asked around some adults, and they were like, "Yeah, yeah, that that happens." <laughs> Just kind of blew their minds. But I didn't realize that. Why I really didn't realize wildlife were the second leading cause of power outages, and that thirty percent of those were squirrels. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty crazy. But uh, but like to go back to protection wise, what we kind of do. I mean, there's a lot that can be done. The main one is uh, we build these these. I guess not plastic, but these uh, discs, massive discs that go over, you know, around, under. It just depends on what your system, if you, so an insulator, which is a big um, piece of ceramic pretty much that just does not conduct uh, current very well. It's very, very uh, small conduction. So, yeah. And so on top of that, we'll put these um, discs to help make the spacing pretty much impossible to be able to, you know, for a bird to build a nest or, um, I mean, that's the big one for those is, you know, uh, yeah. birds from building nests on top of poles, transformers, um, you know, so forth, you know, all the, yeah. on the lines, because as soon as they start building a nest and then... You know, if that line was off or gets turned on or they build it just a little bit too too big, you're going to hear a couple pops. Wow. So so when you come up with a solution, 
it, it's not like you can just come up with a solution for squirrels. You, you actually have to think to yourself, if we're going to put anything on here, it has to work for all of the wildlife that could mess with this thing. Yeah. Wow, that requires a lot of thought, and, I imagine. And, and it's really hard because, especially in the control enclosures where all the wiring on the secondary sides of all these uh, transformers go to monitor the grid. You know, all this wiring is run under these in these cable trenches and up into these control rooms. But the thing is, is a squirrel, you know, is one of them. Snakes are a big one as well, but the a squirrel, let's go a squirrel, it can it can fit and squeeze through a hole the size of a nickel. Oh my god. And, and so in in our 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 cables that we run, you know, that the that they sit in are about four inches. I mean, it's already easy enough. And so if they can get in there, they can chew through one of these, which can yeah. then, you know, set off a breaker, which opens, which then will you know, could close the entire substation down. It could close um then shut power off to major cities or half parts of cities, depending on, of course, grids, you know, how things are set up. But yeah, yeah all yeah. it takes is a wire, you know, uh, a squirrel to climb into one of these holes, chew through the wrong wire, setting off the breaker, opening it, and then, you know, it doesn't even have to be on um, a trans, you know, a tra distribution transmission line. It can be in the substation itself and chew one of those wires. And then the next thing you know, Half the city's out of power. <laughs> you know, John, we've put a man on the moon. We're talking about colonizing Mars. We haven't yet figured out how to stop squirrels from chewing in our power. Like one squirrel could black out a town. We haven't figured that that, that one out yet. No, <laughs> I guess that's okay. I guess we're. I guess that's why we have guys like you. We're working. Did, did you take any pest control classes in school? No, I mean the thing is, is one power classes aren't even offered in undergraduate programs anymore. Uh, there, there's maybe one or two in in colleges that uh, one or two classes that actually allow you to take power, and so though, and, the, and in general, that's only you know on the theory of power it has nothing to do with animals. And then you go work for utility, and everyone just talks about you know ROTSs. <laughs> Get those rodents of unusual sizes, right. you know. <laughs> I hope that people listening get that reference. If they don't, I'm not going to say what it's from because you should know. You're going to have to Google <laughs> R R O well R O U S S or, or whatever it is. Yeah. You're going to have to Google that and then figure that reference out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, but like, yeah. So, like, back to you know what these you know animals pests or uh, rodents can do back in 2016 there's something called the hadron collider which is the largest and most powerful particle yeah. accelerator in the world and a squirrel chewed through a line uh, a little wire and it took out the whole thing <laughs> oh get out of here did it really yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like a little a little squirrel, you know, could uh could, took out the this 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 particle accelerator. Like, One of the was, greatest creations of humanity to date. 
I was, joking with, <laughs> I was joking with John about this before the podcast, but w- the KGB could totally train squirrels to intro- infiltrate our power grid. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> they're so, they're so intelligent squirrels. I'm reminded of this video. The YouTuber Mark Rober did where he set up this obstacle course. You probably saw it. It went viral. Uh, he set up this obstacle course for squirrels where they had to figure out how to navigate through lots of different obstacles and, one of the things that he did, and, and I, I admit I thought of this, John, one of the things he did to prevent them from cheating, by the way, there were so many things he couldn't control. They, they are just so resourceful. They found shortcuts around pretty much everything. But he lubricated one of the, he lubricated the poles so that they couldn't climb up and like get to toward the end of the obstacle course. Um, is lubrication, is that even an option on these power lines? It seems, it seems to work. It seemed to work really well on his project. Sure. <laughs> I mean, oh, so with power lines, they are running and so let's go with a uh, distribution. What you'll see in, what you'll see in town is uh, low voltage. And when I say low voltage, you know, 12,470 volts. Um, just a tiny 12. That's 12, a very yeah, precise yeah, number. <laughs> it is very exact. I know. <laughs> that's the uh, that's the distribution voltage that you'll usually see in, in cities. Is, uh, that, that'll just tickle you, by the way. That's just a tickle. Yeah. Contact with um, the amount and, you know, why the, the coaxial cabling that they use is, you know, very, very good. It's insulated. You know, it's got, they're very well designed in today's world. But it doesn't mean that they can't break the laws of physics. There's going to be loss of energy from heat. Uh, If they tried to do anything like that, I mean, it'd probably just burn right up any kind of lubrication. And then, of course, you know, you go ahead and lubricate a pole. You try and see a a lineman work, try and climb up that. (laughs) That's a good point, right? Right. (laughs) Yeah. So prevent squirrels and people. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. You're you're right. You're right. So, all right. So I'm going to cross that off my list. No lubrication. Okay. (laughs) Off the list. But yeah, there's... Yeah, there's a lot of things that just can't be controlled. It's 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 interesting, especially you know, there's a lot of wildlife that are in the um, that are part of like you know protected programs, uh, protected wildlife, but they it's not like they see a transformer or a distribution line every day. So right. but they don't uh, think I mean, to themselves, we're endangered. We better stay away. They just yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so back in 2009, Pacificor, who owns transmission and distribution for most of the Northwest, um, was fined about $11 million in 2009 because uh, a migratory bird, uh, I think it was a golden eagle. Yeah. A golden eagle ended up flying into, you know, trying to make a nest and blew up. Mm. (laughs) So they got fined for that? So they got fined for that for for killing an endangered species. Wow! Wow! Okay. <laughs> so, if, more on that side. That that's a bigger reason why they create a lot of this avian and protection from rodents more so, so they don't get these huge fines outside of uh, risk. yeah, outside of you know losing power, you know for their customers it's yeah it's crazy what uh what this wildlife does to the grid system my uh oh go ahead 
Well, I was going to say, I heard a statistic that the mortality rate for any animal that, that does this and causes an outage is like 100%, right? Is that is that about right? Yeah, I don't know of an animal, snake, bird, rodent, that has ever lived from causing a power outage. Yeah, that, would, that, uh, that, <laughs> that animal would be legendary. <laughs> yes. So then I know that every, every, um, every industry has its own unique sense of humor. So, so what do, what do electrical engineers do when they find a squirrel that actually didn't get turned into a light bulb and explode? Like what happens to the squirrel? <laughs> That's a great question. So at my, uh, at the first municipal or utility company I worked for, um, if we found a squirrel, you know, we, we, we create these like memorabilias back at work. So if there was a squirrel that was found that had caused a power outage and it wasn't a charred remained or popped, uh, we would take it and get it stuffed. And so when you would walk into this utility company's main office, you would see all these squirrels lined up on uh, on one of the shelves for all, the, and they named them all too, you know, and for each one had a story behind what type of power outage and what was the following circumstances or how long it took to repair things. But each one had a story. And so there was just this line of stuffed squirrels in the, in the utility, in the office of, 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 of things that had happened because of them. There's like a plaque on the wall, like celebrating the champions who lived. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. There's a, so in Southeast Idaho, uh, there's a huge substation. It's called uh, Goshen Substation. And coming into this is five different utility companies or four, four different utility companies all come in and meet at this substation and then spread out and go to different places. Now in 2000 and I was in school at this time in my undergrad, but in, I believe it was 2016 when this happened. Um, but Wyoming, Montana, Idaho, and part of Utah, and these are you know sections of all these places, uh, lost power for over a week. And if you went to go search what had happened, uh, Goshen substation, the, and this is a huge, huge substation, it had caught on fire. Um, and, and one of the, yeah, yeah, it caught on fire. It's just uh, one of the transformers, I believe, exploded. Um, but it's just this huge mess. And when they finally cleared everything up and everything got, you know, fixed up, there's a squirrel. <laughs> of course. A squirrel caught, you know, and it, it, it was over a week that four different states had no power. So, a week? Yeah, they had to bring in a, 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 a secondary transformer to, you know, to run until they could then fix everything else. And so, yeah, it was at least a week for some areas. It was even longer for a couple others, but yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was a long time before we got power back. So that's really a legit thing to, it's a legit reason to panic Randall. I mean, for sure. Especially if they're trained. <laughs> <laughs> Is that normal for it to be out that long? Uh, it depends on, uh, I mean, Huh? For a squirrel attack. Um, it depends. Like, uh, like we'll go back to, to Eli's story about, you know, the squirrel light bulb popping. What most likely had like that was probably like if you were inside and you saw your lights flicker, 
that was caused by a breaker opening and closing and uh and that was it so it could be you know the 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 quickest little flicker um is at usually an arc or a fault happening on a line and it opening clearing and then closing in and the fault's gone and so uh, it could that, be that was fast. that was probably Rocky from Rocky and Bullwinkle at that point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> now we just got Bullwinkle. It's a shit. <laughs> shoot. Well, if you're a squirrel, then you, you're gonna be like a bee. You got to pick who you sting. Like if you if you only bite like a lame little transformer next to somebody's house, that's that's lame. But you got to yeah, go bigger, go home. Bigger. Right? Like go for Houston. You know. Yeah, and I think at uh, Idaho Falls Power. Uh, it was like four or five months that the transformer was out of commission. And, you know, it's, there's, we, we, we set the protection we schemes we set is there's almost always two transformers or another transformer that can pick up the load of whatever the other one was carrying at the time. And so usually you can just um, switch it all over to another transformer and, People are out of power for a couple hours and it'll come back on just fine. And, but, at, you know, at Goshen, I mean, a good part of the substation, whole place caught on fire because <sighs> of this. So that's why that one was out for quite a bit longer. Um, but yeah, no, they, uh, <laughs> they can do some damage for sure. But yeah, usually, and that's like, usually that's what you'll, um, when your lights flicker real quick and you're like, huh, that was weird. Uh, it's usually, I'd say like 90% of the time, some animal just popped and the breaker opened and closed within, you know, five or six or 20 or 30 cycles, which is 0.3 of a second, uh, you know, a third like of a second. Eye. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, then it's cleared and good to go. So that, you know, usually when you see a light flicker, you can, uh, rest assured some animal just died. <laughs> that Thank reminds you, me of, <laughs> so we're going to get into the voting in a second, but that reminds me of the movie. It's a wonderful life. Every time a, a, a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a much more mor morbid twist on oh my that. Gosh. Yeah. I am so using that every time our lights flicker. I am so happy for this episode. <laughs> I was just, just going to thank John for, for changing the way I see lights flickering for the rest of my life now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then the one other thing, last thing was uh, if you ever want to look up in a... Uh, uh, it's the American Public Power Association, so it's all the utilities in America combined. But uh, they have an, an in a squirrel index. It's called POCBSs, power outages caused by squirrels. It's a whole index within the Power so Public Power Association of America, dedicated to to all the different times a squirrel has caused power outage. I was half expecting you would say that there would be like a America's most wanted like like squirrel mugs on there as well. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Worst defenders, you know, oh, like the U.S. Marshals top fifty list, right? <laughs> if a squirrel got to two, I'm sure it'd be the number one offender. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Well, there's definitely a lot of reasons to worry about squirrels. I mean, this whole episode was sparked because at the RV resort I was staying at, a squirrel uh, bit the transformer that turned, that was that supplied the power for the water pump here at the park. And the water <laughs> went out for like four hours. And the people oh. here went 
they went ballistic. Everyone was complaining. And then when they found out with the squirrels, people started complaining more. And then I remembered the conversation I had with John <laughs> a few years ago <laughs> about squirrels. And I was like, it happens. It's real. And so this is a real problem. <laughs> and I think it's about time that we rate it. <laughs> so Eli, uh, scale of one to 10, since we don't have to create an alternate universe like we did with the bacon episode, where right. we have to figure out you know, if bacon actually was 100% artificial. This is real. So where yeah. are you at on the panic scale with this? This is real. Well, it's certainly, I'm a changed man. I mean, I can't, I can't, I can't look at lights anymore the same way. I can't look at power lines. I can't even look at squirrels the same way anymore. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I really, you know, the fact that a squirrel could take out Goshen, well, that's in Idaho, right, John? Yeah. I mean, the fact that that could take out, uh, you know, what, five weeks you said, or, or I don't know, it was a long time. They can start a fire and really create damage. I'm going to go, I'm going to put the... It hasn't changed my life. I'm going to go with a three um, because it's very possible that a darn squirrel could make me lose all the meat in my freezer that I've got stored in there in the garage, my extra freezer. And that alone is enough to panic because I like I like my meat. So I'm going to go with a three on the panic scale. This is a <laughs> fascinating episode today. I love it. What about you, John? <laughs> uh, the fact that I work with them, that, you know, I target them as, as a high priority in my life. It's not like I wake up and, uh, you know, have a squirrel picture that I try and X out every day or something. But uh, because I deal with them every, you know, uh, quite often, they're a reason for me to worry every day in my field. So on my scale as an electrical engineer, with how much I deal with them, I give them a, I give them a seven. Oh man, I just pictured John waking up in the morning, like putting war paint on his face, like in the mirror, you know, like Rambo. That's, oh man, I actually, I name every squirrel I see, just so if I if I ever see him again, I'm like, it's your day, Hector. <laughs> I just imagine you waking up in cold sweats. <laughs> you had a nightmare about taking yeah. out a substation. <laughs> My wife will just be like, "You have that dream again? It was awful." Yeah, she, she probably she probably just says, "It's it's the squirrels again, isn't it, John?" <laughs> Oh, man. Well, I was reading a quote from a government official back from 2015, and he said that squirrels pose a greater threat to our electrical grid. And we didn't even get into why our, our electrical grid is so uh, easy to attack, but they pose a greater threat to our electrical grid than cyber terrorists. And <laughs> we did an episode about cyber terrorists. Um, and the fact that squirrels can just do so much, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it more than a three, but I have to go less than a seven because I'm not super worried about it because I have a generator, but um, I'm, I'm going to give this one a five and a half. And I think that's probably, yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe kind of an average <laughs> um, right there. So, well, that's all we have today, folks. Um, thanks for, thanks for coming on, John. And we appreciate it. This has been a more than enjoyable episode. <laughs> yes. um, <laughs> of course. I'm glad you guys uh, you know, asked me to do this. I, can talk about this all day so <laughs> i kind of wish we had all day me too uh, but we don't so we gotta end it off but um for all you listeners out there um now you know why your power flickers um and it's it's a real reason and uh <laughs> just be aware maybe you can set up a gofundme <laughs> to support the squirrels families or something like that but uh, <laughs> with that uh like us on itunes or apple Podcasts or facebook and leave a comment below let us know 
let us know you know your new your new uh perspective on on how squirrels now actually affect your life a lot more than you thought they did and with that we'll see you next time <laughs>